0: Twenty sixth Ramadan. Zohar. This is the book called Four Actions to Acquire the Friendship of Allah, which was mentioned one of the days that other, we will read this, which we often do for our benefit. Surah so right, There are four actions which if one adopts. Insha'Allah he will become a waliullah, a friend of Allah Ta'ala before he passes away. The blessings of practicing on these four actions, insha'Allah he will gain the ability of practicing on all the other commands of deen. This is due to the fact that generally people find these actions difficult since it is difficult on the nafs the student who manages to answer the difficult questions in the question paper will have no problem answering the easy questions hence the one who suppresses his yes. nafs for the pledge of Allah Ta'ala and practices on the following actions it will become easy for him to practice on the entire deen and he will become the wali of Allah Ta'ala. the wilayat of Allah Ta'ala, the Quran Sharif Allah has declared إِنْ أَوْلِيَاؤُهُ إِلَّا الْمُتَّقُونَ The friends of Allah Ta'ala are only the muttaqeen Now this is a very significant aspect that Allah Ta'ala says His friends are only the muttaqeen The Wilayat Allah has declared on taqwa. إِنْ أَوْلِيَاؤُهُ إِلَّا الْمُتَحَجِّدُونَ إِلَّا الْمُتَنَفِّلُونَ إِلَّا الْصَائِمُونَ in illa another I didn't say those who perform excess of the hajjud, whereas that's a very great thing those who keep a lot of nafil fast which is a tremendous thing greatly encouraged but if a person is in, engaging in all these a'mal alhamdulillah but simultaneously he is also committing some sins and persisting in some wrongs then despite all the tahajjud, despite the tilawat of the Qur'an Sharif, despite the person giving a lot of sadaqa, despite the various efforts of Deen, despite all the other things but in the light of the Qur'an Sharif, this person is still far from the friendship of Allah Taala. Far from the wilayat of Allah Tala. So obviously the wali of Allah Ta'ala will have all these things in his life because if a person progresses in the closeness to Allah Ta'ala, then it will be impossible to imagine that a person is close to Allah Ta'ala, but he doesn't have let alone the farayis, wajibat, sunnat muakkadas, ghair muakkadah such a person will be devoid of nawafil, he won't have tilawat in his life, he won't have zikr in, it's not. just doesn't happen that way but the vilayat is not based on that alone but the vilayat is primarily based on taqwa in awliya'u illal muttaqun. The person has taqwa then even if he doesn't have nawafil this is a very subtle point it's something to not to misunderstand but nevertheless this is the thing to know well that if a person has no nafil, he's deprived himself of a lot. He won't enjoy that special closeness to Allah. Because that special closeness comes together with all the other amal, the necessary and compulsory amal, with the nawafil etc. The hadith, hadith qudsi where Allah Ta'ala says that my servant never gets closer to me with anything more than the farahis. But then, then after he continues to get closer to me. He continues to get closer to me. He continues to get closer and closer to me by means of the nawafil. The nawafil on the foundation of the fara'is. The fara'is are the foundation. The person is trying to put the roof on, but there's no foundation, there's no pillars where the roof is going to stand so farais includes all the compulsory things including the person giving up haram that's also faris. It's also farz to give up haram to give up sin so on that foundation a person continues to get closer and closer to allah taala by virtue of nawafil and he gets so close when he continues progressing hatta ahabbtuhu to the extent that Allah Ta'ala says Until I then love him He becomes Beloved to Allah Ta'ala It is A very very great position That we ourselves become the lovers of Allah Ta'ala. But to get to that point Where Allah Ta'ala starts loving the person That is even beyond So now this is the benefit And the importance of the Nawafil <coughs> but despite this, the point to bear in mind is that supposing a person completed his faraiz, his wajibat, sunnah e also goes alongside and he stayed away from sin, Allah forbid there was some thing slipped off somewhere, he immediately made sincere soba and this person didn't excel in nawafil, perhaps he didn't perform any nafil. Obviously is a very great deprivation. He didn't perform any nafil. But he didn't compromise on the faraiz, wajibat, sunats, and he didn't compromise in falling in sin, he stayed away from sin. Such a person is also the wali of Allah. Ta'ala. In the clear declaration of the Quran Sharif in a this person is a wali of Allah. Ta'ala. Yes, he deprived himself of the very higher ranks. But he's Allah's friend. <coughs> and the person was performing the Hajjud every day, every night. Making one Khatam every day. Engaging in a lot of other amal, alhamdulillah. But at the same time, he's got some sun running. or even making Tawbah from it. He is watching some things. He says, no, no, his wife needs to also wind down but winding down what? It's winding down his whole deen so now he's got these things running, he's not guarding his gaze his heart is now filled with some evils He's indulging in some other haram sometimes his income is now in a there's some issue there his muasharat, his social life is not in order his now God, these, as we have been discussing, these anger issues as a result of which now He is overstepping the bounds in so many things. So now, mashallah, all the tahajjud is very great, the tilawat is tremendously great, and likewise all the other amal, very, very great. But in the declaration of the Qur'an Sharif, this person is not a friend of Allah. Ta'ala. Now this is where Shaitan sometimes puts us in a deception That if you are engaging in some extra amal Alhamdulillah, it's a very great thing But the deception of Shaitan is That it doesn't matter then if I'm still doing something else on the side Because I'm doing all this, it's fine That's the deception Whereas that person is not a wali of Allah He is not a friend of Allah This is the declaration of the Qur'an Sharif Allah's declaration In awliya'u, this is The person familiar with the Arabic language understands the construction. In awliya'uhu illa al muttaqoon, there's hasar in this. (coughs) And therefore, the translation is Allah's friends are only the muttaqeen. It only comes out of this construction. Meaning of hasar. In awliya'uhu nafi and itbad is the meaning of hasar. Now, this is a grammatical point. But the point is, and the, the message in it is, that there is this, this confining it that only the Muttaqeen are the friends of Allah not anyone else. So now this is the whole point here, and this is the whole purpose of this message that's now going to be read out, of it, that how to become the friend of Allah and to become the friend of Allah we have to give up sin. Give up the disobedience of Allah. Now there are four things that the experience of these great luminaries has been that some have a struggle with two aspects externally. MashaAllah those who have already taken a step in deen and they have rectified this, alhamdulillah. But at the same time we should never ever in such discussions be taking our mind to anybody else. We discussed that incident about where he was speaking to those few people in that room, nobody else present, all of them, mashallah, had full beards, and he went on emphasizing it. One person later on said, That is what helped me. One person wrote to Hazrat Tanwi that often I am reading, I take some kitab for my benefit to read, so now there are sometimes some virtues that are mentioned there. So when the virtue is being mentioned about some action, and, alhamdulillah, I already am practicing on that action now, I'm reading it, now there are these virtues mentioned So my mind comes That this is the virtue of the action that I'm reading But Alhamdulillah, Allah I'm already practicing on this action Then there are things that are mentioned about the harms of sins Various wrongs And then Alhamdulillah, because with the tawfiq of Allah I am refraining from these things from before Some of these things with Allah's tawfiq I never did in my life So, the issue becomes that as a result, I start reading it very, very superficially, just casually, just flipping through it. That this doesn't, so to say, doesn't apply to me. Because I'm already practicing on these things and I'm already refraining from these things. So, is this a problem? How do I rectify this? Now, these were the kind of things people would ask. These are the things that people would ask out of concern for their Islam. Can we imagine that this is the extent to which and this probably would be a, a very small fraction of the total correspondence a very small fraction This has been published in one voluminous book tarbiyat to Salikin and it's not even the entire detailed correspondence, just what people had asked, the specific point, the answer, the specific point, the answer, according to a whole voluminous, this would probably have been a very very small fraction of all the correspondence, it might have been just selections, so that the different points are covered, and if one reads through it, it is amazing and mind-boggling, one is SubhanAllah, the answers that Hazrat Samir Alhamdulillah gave many of it a person reads it and it is breathtaking meaning that one line is breathtaking SubhanAllah outwardly the question was so complicated and in one line the whole answer is there and in one line the whole solution is given and then the other side of it is that the Kamal of the people asking the question That is the other side of it. One is obviously the answer that's the main part of it the benefit is to take in the answer but at the same time when one reads that it's amazing that mashallah what concern this person had and how much he was searching within himself and not one, two, hundreds, thousands of queries of that nature where one is amazed at what people were looking within themselves and how deeply they were scrutinizing themselves and now they were presenting it and then they were getting the advice. So it wasn't just very very surface kind of questions, <coughs> It was very deep and it can only come from a person who has been soul searching, person has been looking at himself with a magnifying glass or more than that he's put himself the, under a telescope and he's checking himself, he's checking his heart, he's checking his actions that only can be the way where a person now can be asking such questions. Fine, with a fine comb going through every aspect of his life. Many of it, it appears, the people who had been present in the hamkara at that time. So they now they are reflecting and they're writing their questions and forwarding it and they're getting the answers. But it can be people corresponding from far off as well. But that's the other part of it, and that's a very big lesson in itself. That to what extent people were scrutinizing themselves and many of these people were very accomplished in their own right. They were very accomplished in their own right because some places the name of the personality that asked the question is there. And the depth of the question Subhanallah. So any case that's uh, the topic, the point was that the wilayat of Allah Ta'ala is based on taqwa. And taqwa is about giving up the disobedience of Allah. Ta'ala. So this is what we digress from the point where now when in these discussions a person should be focusing entirely on himself. So now coming back to that point where Tanvir Alhamdulillah somebody wrote to him that I read these aspects about of the virtues Alhamdulillah I'm practicing on it and those sins are being mentioned and discussed, Alhamdulillah I'm refraining from it, so I start just flipping through and take it lightly. I wrote back to him that there's two parts here. One is that in every thing that a person does, there are levels of perfection. There are levels of perfection. So if you have already been doing something, there's still much more room for improvement in that amal. Alhamdulillah you're doing it. There's virtues of Silawat now being discussed. Now mashallah you're reading three paras a day so, alhamdulillah you're reading three paras a day Tremendous, very good Maybe more than that, you're reading five paras a day You're reading ten paras a day, excellence So while that is in place But is that tilawat Still already gone to the Height of perfection Is there room for improvement In the manner of tilawat Is there still Much more that can be done In terms of what extent of the khushu and khudu is developed in that tilawat so since there is room for improvement all the time by rereading whatever you're reading intensely consciously with this niyad that Allah ta'ala make this a means of improvement in the amal, you'll get that Now uh, you just flip through it you took it lightly that <coughs> this was not for me Allah forbid, you become deprived of the barakat of these things So though it came back into your attention now, you started reading something, now it's coming, you're coming across something you're already practicing on, but there's still room for improvement in how you do it. So make that near. Then the other part of it is that if you are doing something, alhamdulillah, the maintenance of that action, though you're already doing it, you are rereading the virtues that will help in maintaining it what you're currently doing, what's tomorrow's story? What's some small little hiccup will come somewhere and then suddenly you realize this has been now neglected. So now you're keeping the, you're reading up this continuously from time to time. This will help in maintaining it. Likewise that sin, alhamdulillah, you're refraining from it. But again you read about the harms of that sin. Again you read, now you haven't done it ever in your life, Alhamdulillah, Allah fazal But by repeatedly going through these warnings from time to time This will help inshallah to continue refraining from it So it is never something that is just, by the way, it has a tremendously great benefit But it all depends on how the person is approaching it What is his mindset, I heard this 50 times, so on. So now, this is not for me the one incident that we mentioned many times. There was one couplet. That sometimes, often in fact, in his majalis, somebody would be reciting some ashar, which ashar, like we discussed the night before two nights ago. These were not just poetry, just by the way poetry. This was the marifat of Allah Taala, all encompassed in those couplets and great lessons that we're all involved in there. So in any case this was a kalam of marifat that used to be recited. So once one elderly person, so my elderly person why this is being highlighted is so he didn't have a nightingale voice or something. It wasn't something that was very very exciting in terms of his uh, he was reciting it fine and well but not something that now was in terms of his voice and in terms of his manner, was something really captivating. He was reciting the ashar, so he came across. <coughs> he recited the couplet Hazur Kalam. It was Jo karta hai tu chup ke ahaale jaha se, dekta hai koi tuje asma se. Jo karta hai tu chup ke ahaale jaha se, dekta hai koi tuje asma se. What you do away from the sight of people, you hide and do things behind closed doors and drawn curtains, but remember somebody is watching from above. Remember Allah is watching. So it may appear that nobody is seeing, Shaitan might put that deception at that time, but always remember Allah is watching. So now he recited it, so he said, Pirparho. He read again. He read again So now he said, continue reading it So now he continued reading it 5 times, 10 times, 20 times, 30 times, the same line It went on for the next half an hour, 45 minutes The same line Now that was not for the purpose of entertainment that that Asharovai read If it was for the purpose of entertainment after 5 times everybody learnt it and they now, they heard it enough No, no, it wasn't for the purpose of entertainment It was for the purpose of embedding something in the heart That this must come so firmly entrenched in the heart That whenever a person is tempted towards something And sometimes A person also now Just look left and right Is there anybody watching? Nobody around? Before he looks left and right His heart goes in the direction But Allah is watching Allah is aware Whether anybody is here or not what difference that makes. Allah is watching. Now that was the message and the lesson that was meant to be embedded deep down in the heart. So to do that, to try and embed that lesson, now this person will asked, continue repeating it, continue, continue. Now that is the point, the istakrar. Everything the person wants to do, qirat now. So any person wants to do qirat, Aisha will ask him that how much of time you have dedicated for mashq, he says, no, no, I've got no time, much for now practicing and now he says, read, recite now, he wants to be a, a distinguished Qari now So he says, no, no, I've got no time for practicing, I'll just come and learn the rules He says, well then, fine, you'll get there someday probably a hundred years That too might not happen You're gonna have to train, you're gonna have to keep reciting, making mush repeatedly every day some very distinguished Quran. They, said they used to make mush every day for half an hour to for one hour daily. Now, Allah then blessed them with that ability to recite the Quran Sharif in that manner. Now that without that mashk one gets nowhere let alone in aspects of deen which are necessary that that training has to happen even in dunya a person can't do it without that training. So now this was that part of that training repeatedly embedding that in the heart. So, again, coming back to what we were talking about, in these discussions, a person has to focus on himself. What is my position? Do I think I'm done? No, we're never done. There's always the concern for tomorrow. And Shaitan often what he does in these kind of discussions takes the mind to somebody else. I hope so and so is listening. Or is that so and so is not here? I hope so and so was here. Because this applies to him. So now, Whatever we hear, this applies to that person And this applies to that other person And this third thing applies to somebody else But what applies to me Everything applies to me Because if something, alhamdulillah With the Fazr of Allah we are doing it We still have to worry about tomorrow That we continue doing it And we try to improve it And if we are refraining from something with the fadal of Allah We have to still worry about tomorrow That we still stay away tomorrow as well Tomorrow is another day Shaitan is at his full effort to try and derail every person that's trying to move forward. So we have to all the time be on the same note, focusing on ourselves. The four actions, the first action, keep a beard to the extent of one fist in length. The following is reported in the narration of Bukhari Sharif, Khalif al-Mushriqeen, وَفْفِرُ wa'fu al shawarib. وَكَانَ إِبْنُ عُمَرَ إِذَا وعتمر قبض عَلَى لِحْيَتِهِ فَمَا فَضَلَ أَخَذَهُ It's reported in the Hadith Sharif, the Nabi S.A. said, Oppose the idolaters, lengthen the beard and shorten the moustache. And further it is mentioned that when Ibn Umar used to go for Hajj or Umrah, he would take hold of his beard in his firsts. Whatever amount of the beard was in excess of the fist, he would trim it. So which is the clear indication that one fist was necessary. What was in excess of it, that was trimmed, but not more than a fist. That was something not allowed. So what Nabi Salasam had said, lengthen your beard, <coughs> the Sahaba understood that best. What was the intent in this? What is the requirement in it? And by this practice of Abdullah bin Umar who was a Sahabi of Rasulullah who was very distinguished in his Ittiba of Sunnah. Very very closely would follow everything that Nabi did. So therefore his action is now being presented as a clarification of what is required. In another narration of Bukhari Sharif it is narrated that Rasulullah said make the mustas extremely short and lengthen the beard it is wajib to keep a beard to the extent of one fist just as it is wajib to perform witr salah so is not this is to explain the same point as we explained the other day that it is generally termed as sunnah that sunnah is in the context of it being the practice of Rasulullah but what is the classification in terms of its, what level it falls on? It falls on the level of wajib. So it is wajib to keep a, just as it is wajib to perform witr salah and Eid salah on Eid ul fitr and Eid ul adha Similarly, it is wajib to keep a beard to the extent of one fist in length. All the four Imams are unanimous in this regard. Lama Shami rahmatullah alayhi states, that to trim the beard shorter than one fist, as, has, as is prescribed by some people of the West, this has not been permitted by anyone. Hakim al Ummah Mujaddid Millat Ma'ashah al Ithani writes in Mishdi Zawar, it is haram to shave the beard as well as to trim it to less than the length of one fist. Therefore, the beard should be to the extent of one fist under the chin as well as to the right and left of the jaw. It is wajib to grow the beard to one fist length on all three sides Some people grow the beard to one fist under the chin but trim it to less than a fist on either side This is incorrect If any one of the three sides of the beard is shortened to lesser than one fist to even the extent of one grain of rice which is a few millimeters This will be haram and a major sin So this is the first aspect, the first action the second action, to keep the ankles exposed, that is not to cover the ankles with the, upper, with the lower garment or even the upper garment, any garment, this is apply, applies to males. It is haram and a major sin for males to cover their ankles with their garments. The narration of Bukhari Sharif states Ma min min Whatever portion of the ankles is covered by any garment such as the pants, lungi, kurta, turban, sheet, etc. will be in the fire. It is clearly understood from the narration that to cover the ankles is a major sin since the warning of punishment of the fire of Jahannam is not given with regards to minor sins. This, as mentioned, applies to any garment, whether it is the pants, whether it is the kurta. Sometimes people feel, well, this kurta came from Makkah Sharif, so this now probably is an exception. So when Ali was now highlighting this, so he gave the example, or he put it in this way, that obviously this is never something to be ever done. But supposing if there was a cloth. One is the Zilaf of the Kaaba Sharif that has some inscriptions on it, so let's say aside from that there was some other cloth that was hanging on the Kaaba Sharif for a good while plain cloth hanging on the Kaaba Sharif so now how much of burqa has come in that cloth, how auspicious it has become it was attached to the Kaaba Sharif for one whole year somebody got that cloth and he made a kurta out of it even that kurta too to hang it below the ankles would be haram let alone that it came from Makkah Sharif, it was with the Kaaba Sharif that is obviously you will bring tremendous Burkhat in the cloth But even that cloth too, to make a kurta it and hang that below the ankles will be haram So this is not, there is no exclusion in this This is across the board, any garment There are times when people make comments Which, these comments are very dangerous These comments Can affect a person's demand very seriously so sometimes when these things are discussed so somebody who doesn't want to now comply or got something else say but is the whole of deen only in the length of the pants? It appears like the whole of deen is only in the length of the beard and the length of the pants. So it's a very very dangerous statement because it's so to say belittling an aspect of deen. If some aspect is not farz, it is not wajib, it is not even sunnate It it is a mustahab action of deen. Nafil is a mustahab action of deen. If a person doesn't do it, he deprives himself of the reward of it. But if he belittles it, let alone a farz or wajib or sunnat, that is a very much more serious matter, even the smallest action as we may call it small in the sense that it is a very simple easy action on the mustahab level but if a person belittles it, mocks it in some way, trivializes it Allah forbid his Iman will be on the line because this is not a matter of that this is only mustahab nauzubillah that only also becomes a dangerous way of expressing it but the point is that it is an aspect of deen and trivializing or just making belittling any aspect of deen this is istighfaf belittling this is Fakaha has stated this can and renders a person's iman null and void so sometimes people make these statements which are extremely dangerous bring the person on the border Allah forbid. sometimes how it is said it will throw him over so deen is not confined to the length of the beard and the length of the pants that's 100% it's not confined to that but this is very much a part of deen because it has been emphasized by none other than Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa and he has highlighted it he has sounded the warnings for it so though Deen is not confined to this obviously but this is very much part of Deen and a very important part of Deen so therefore this is something very very important that this be always maintained that the ankles be kept exposed this applies to any garment that is worn from above person is wearing socks obviously that will cover his ankles that is not uh, referred to in this prohibition but any an- garment worn from above this will apply to him now somebody might want to try to figure out but what's the, what's the issue if this garment is hanging little below the ankle what does it matter what it matters is that Rasulullah has forbidden it that's all that's what it matters for a mu'min, for an ummati of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam That's what matters <coughs> What has Allah ta'ala commanded? What has Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam commanded? What Allah and His Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam have forbidden? That's what matters, nothing beyond There's no need, he has no need to understand and fathom what is the wisdom He has full iman and conviction that. Anything and everything that Allah and His Rasul have commanded us to do, it is for our benefit. And anything that they have forbidden us to do, it is to save us from the harms of it. What is the hikmat in it? What is the wisdom in it? We are not obligated to find that out. If we get to know of it very good, we are not obligated to find it out. If a person's whole life he didn't know the wisdom in it, but he practiced on it, he passed. And a person is down digging for the wisdoms. That is not his job to start off with and now his life went away in that and where he is going to be able to fathom the infinite wisdom of Allah Ta'ala in things with our feeble minds and our limited intellects Where we gonna understand that? Our job is to submit and to wholeheartedly submit that is where we will gain our progress and salvation Some people are under the serious misconception that it is only necessary to expose the ankles in Salah Therefore, upon entering the Masjid, they fold up their pants and expose their ankles and upon leaving, they once more unfold the pants It should be remembered well that the prohibition of covering the ankles is not restricted to Salah The ankles must be covered by one's pants, kurta, etc. while standing or walking or else one will be committing a major sin Lama Khalil Ahmad Saharan Puri Rahmatullahi Alay also states that this is applicable to males and not females. Once a Sahabi of Rasulullah said to him, said to Rasulullah "Inni My shins have dried up. What he meant to say was that due to my shins including my ankles, that was the part, that was actually the point, Including the ankles Having dried up and becoming thin and unsightly So I wish to cover my ankles Keep them covered by lowering my sheets Because it has become a little unsightly So now I want to cover it from the sight of people So he is asking for this permission However Rasulullah did not permit him to do so Instead he said Inna allah La yuhibbul musbil, Verily Allah Ta'ala does not love the one who covers his ankles. Dear friends, ponder, is it wise that one should deprive himself of the love of Allah Ta'ala by means of covering his ankles? On another occasion Rasulullah said to a Sahabi whose sheet was dragging on the floor. Somebody was walking and his sheet was dragging behind us somewhat touching the floor, so Rasulullah called out from behind and said to him irfa' izarak." that raise your garment fa'innaha alqa at- wa atqa this is a means of it being cleaner because now it's going to get soiled but that's one point, the main point is wa atqa, this is of greater taqwa for you in the sight of your Rabb when this person turned around to see who was saying this He saw it was Rasulullah So he responded first by saying The crux of which was that This is a very very uh, Sort of cheap garment It's a very Something not, not expensive Or not very precious Something very ordinary Very ordinary garment So what he meant to say was That the first part that was said to him That this would be better for you To stay cleaner as well so in other words if this gets a bit soiled or supposing it gets torn also it doesn't really matter it's such an ordinary old garment so now that was on the spot of the moment he just mentioned this he didn't fully realize at that time that this was not just on the level of just advice this was meant to be an instruction so he first perhaps thought that this was just some advice so he just mentioned this in passing so Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi now this was the sahaba e that one one action of theirs became a lesson for the Ummat til So he presented this, but the reply provided a lesson for the Ummat til that anybody who will come later in time and present anything, this is the answer for them. Nabi Salaam didn't go further into that discussion. What he presented, Nabi Salaam didn't get further into that at all. What he responded was, Nabi sallallahu responded with what was an answer for people till qiyamah and the answer was amalaka fiya uswatun is my example not sufficient for you are you still wanting to still get into any further detail and discussion is the example that I have presented not good enough not sufficient obviously the sahabi says I looked at the garment of Nabi sallallahu and it was midway between his on his calf So now, immediately that was implemented and that's how he then continued adopting the Mubarak way of Rasulullah So the point is, this is the last line and the first line The first line and the last line First line and the last line is what was told to us by Rasulullah What was his example? And whatever his example was, that is enough for us, and that is what we try, we try and follow The question, this question about what we just mentioned Amalak Uswatun Is there not an example for you in my way of life? This question is actually an affectionate warning Thus the mere claim of love is not sufficient Love in reality follows, forces one to follow his beloved the poet expresses this in the following couplet Had you been true in your love you would have obeyed him. Verily the lover is obedient to the beloved. The dictates of the love for Allah Ta'ala demand that we do not disobey him. <coughs> if we obey every command of his, then we are indeed true in our claim of love. So these are the first actions which relate to the external self, aspect of the beard and the aspect of the length of the garments. For those who have, mashallah, taken that step forward, alhamdulillah, salafiq of Allah ta'ala, but the same point again, that must never ever regard this repetition and this discussion as superfluous. There is still a tomorrow. And if it is always heard with the same importance, read with the same importance with that concern that this is necessary for me this will inshallah continue bringing the Barakat and the Tawfiq to maintain it and if it is taken as granted that well this is something done now I am done with this Allah forbid that take that Barakat away so this was the first and the second action then follows the third action protecting the gaze inshallah we will continue with this tomorrow لا تلاقي مس توفيق واخر دعوانا ان الحمد لله